Hi there, everyone. Michael A. Bryan here from the Oraculo School of Astrology. And today I'm super excited to be sitting down with Anne Ortley. Hey, Anne. Hi, Michael. How are you? Good to see you. Good to see you as well. Good to see you as well. I'm super excited to be here and I'm doing great. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Yeah. Hanging out with the cat who's right here. He'll, you know, he'll, he'll awesome. pop in and out. He kind of, he, he likes to be part of the camera too. So. Exactly. Remo, Remo, the Aries sun and the Scorpio moon. Yes. He's like, he heard your voice and he came flying right over. So you must have some good Scorpio in your chart because he loves, he loves <laughs> the Scorpios. He's, and the Aries too. He's like, ooh, ooh. I hear, I hear a kindred spirit, you know, so. Exactly. exactly. I'm super excited to be able to sit there and talk with you right now. Mm -hmm. I feel like you and I, we've, we've been passing each other like ghosts in the night for quite some time. And I've, I've seen you around at conferences. We recently met in person at the, this time. And it was so cool to see you and so cool to just Mm -hmm. be around so many great astrologers and i have been a fan of yours and a fan of your work for quite some time and i think uh the work that you do in terms of the transits it's really different than a lot of the work that other people do and i also think that just your whole approach to just living astrology and you constantly having a finger on the pulse of the astrology at the moment Mm -hmm. is a special thing so we're going to talk about all of those things in a bit but before that i just wanted to ask you how did you even get into astrology to begin with um i got dumped and i'm a <laughs> i had saturn in my ascendant <laughs> 14 and a half year relationship boom and for those of you who you know know saturn coming to your ascendant is like you're reborn and so you know partner uh met somebody he uh met actually the person born the day after him so he ran off with himself, which on some level makes sense. <laughs> and he was he was on my prenatal eclipse. So he was born the day before my prenatal. So when I met him, it was like Zoom. And then when we broke up, it was like Zoom, right? Kind of, it was eclipsed. It was that kind of energy. So you know how like when somebody leaves, you get new people in because the chart doesn't want you to, nature abhors a vacuum, right? So I got a bunch of new people in and they were all like, you're at this big crossroads. You should go see an astrologer. And I'm like, why would I go see an astrologer? What's that about? And, uh, you know, they said it a few times and, you know, I'm, I'm Aquarius rising. So I always say no first, but then my Virgo was, well, this is gonna, you know, all right, I'll try it. So I went and I had a reading at 1130, you know, on June, I think 17th or 18th in 1994. And I was in the reading at that point, Saturn had gotten to my moon. So I burst into tears and I hate to cry. And, uh, you know, about halfway through the reading, I said, you know, there was this guy and I was at that point in sales. So we had learned, you know, you learn how to read upside down so you can read the client's desk. So just all of you who have people, the sales people come in your office, they read your desk. Right. So I'm reading, he opens his book with numbers in it and he goes, he goes, what's his birthday? And he goes through the thing and he goes, well, he's gone and he's he's not coming back. And then he proceeded to go through the relationship, the dynamics, what it meant, how it felt. And then he goes, and didn't you break up with him seven years ago? And I went, (laughs) we had broken up, you know, Saturn opening square. He goes, you got a whole new life coming. You don't even know what it is, but he's gone. But he knew all this stuff by looking at a book of numbers. And I'm like, you know, Virgos hate to make the same mistake twice. So I'm like, Wow. So I said to the women who had said, and they all went to him for readings, right? And one of them said, well, you know, he teaches. I'm like, really? He teaches? So Friday was the reading. I called him on Monday and I said, I'd like to learn how you did that. And he goes, I'm starting a beginner class in the fall. So I went, it was the day right about my birthday. I'm born September 11th. So it was that Monday, 1994. And I sat on his couch for two and a half years learning astrology. And uh, his name is John Marcuselli. He's a very well-known astrologer. And uh, I was one of the couch people. So if you've been in his classes, you're the couch people, you're the kitchen people, you're the wall people, you're the living room. (laughs) You know, everybody has their section. And, uh, you know, I just sat there for two and a half years and learned astrology. And about three months in, I'm like, we should learn this in grammar school, like math and reading, because it would make, and I, you know, when I work with parents with kids and we talk about what the kid needs and how the chart, you know, how to express yourself, how to work when you're having a hard time. And then I'm also like, this is our 
this is our operating system. I was a computer person. I'd programmed, I'd sold computers, I sold software. And I was like, this is, this is a human operating system. Again, why don't we know it? So the transition from programmer to astrology was pretty easy. And we know that if people have a good math background, you know, they, or music background, they're good at symbolic languages. So those people have a good time, easy time picking up astrology. So it was very fast and very quick. In fact, he said to me, you have to stop now. I was like, so enthusiastic. He goes, you're practicing brain surgery on your friends. <laughs> and I went, oh, okay. I better be good. Right? <laughs> Again, you know, you, you discipline a Virgo. They're very good. And his, he, he had Saturn and Sag that squared my moon and Sag. And interestingly, today I looked at the chart for our, our interview, Sagittarius moon is rising right on his Saturn. So we're talking about him. So I went to the John Marcusella School of Accurate Astrology, which is very, he does Western predictive astrology with a psychological orientation. So it's a little bit of, you know, it's a lot of the technique. He's Capricorn, Aquarius, Capricorn moon, Capricorn Mercury, Aquarius sun. So it's really good content. And then because it's so practical, then I got an astrology mother named Eileen McCabe, who was more karma, philosophy, big picture. And she's a Gemini with a moon in moon, Leo and Scorpio, right? So moon conjunct Pluto and Scorpio. And so she was my mother and he was my father. So she gave me more of the philosophical Sagittarian stuff because my midheaven Sag and that's her rising sign. That's her. Yeah, I think that's her rising. But anyway, she's a Gemini Sag. Yeah, she's a Gemini Sag rising. And and he was my Taurus Capricorn. <laughs> so I had the I had the two sides and that, you know, they're both teachers here in New York. So I feel very blessed. I got a really good astrology education. And I know you studied with uh, Gary Christian, right? He's one of your big teachers, you know, because he, he speaks really highly of you and um, how wonderful you are. And so I was like, oh, Gary. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so you, yeah. you had, you had one of the best astrology teachers too, right? You know, so we know when we come from, for lack of a better word, good stock, that our job is to do that kind of work in the world. Right. And Gary is a brilliant astrologer. He used to come to New York a lot and you would kind of get in his brain and go for a ride. And, you'd be like, <laughs> you know, we're flying around. I mean, and it was it was like an amazing it was always an amazing experience. So I had I had um, dinner with him when we were out at, at ESAR, you know, so he was speaking very highly of you. So we have good teachers. We come when you find the teacher. And and I do think it's important when you find that teacher and you go, OK, this is where I am that you just sit in the chair and learn as much as you can and go from there. So that was it. And then as I learned, you know, I've studied Vedic for a while, seven years with Ronnie Dreyer. I still study it. Uh, I studied um, Uranian with Judy Vitale, who was a student of Gary's. She was a New York teacher. Um, I studied a lot of technique with Ken Kimball, who was Aquarius with a Virgo moon. And he did me tertiaries and math and, you know, prenatal, all the detail-y Virgo moon stuff. So I had really good good teachers here in new york so awesome uh, yeah so and i love uranian so and judy studied with gary you know and actually we did a road trip up to brewster at one point to do a work weekend workshop with him and then i did mythic astrology with wendy ashley so i've had a really round um education oh learn this oh learn that you know mythic astrology uh medieval astrology with bernadette brady uh, you know, an online course. And then uh, Deb Holdings Horary course, which is amazing at School of Traditional Astrology. So I, I, and I still take classes. I'm taking vibrational now with David Cochran because I'm, you know, you learn it and then, you, you know, you add things into the pile, right? So, so that's how it started. And it was 94. I was, uh, I, I studied for, you know, seven years. And then in 2001, uh, I'd been thinking I want to go full time. I'm making clients. And my office blew up on 9-11. That's my birthday. So I was kind of being a wimpy Virgo, like, well, you know, maybe a little more money in the corporate pot, you know, and then my office blew up and I'm like, all right, I guess this is a sign from the universe. I should go be an astrologer. So I went full time in September of 2001. And I started studying in September of seven of 94. So, and I've been full time since then. You have an amazing story, Anne. Yeah, it's, well, it's it's it pulls you in, you know. Like, <laughs> that's what astrology does. It comes in, and you go, "Whoa, I'm there," you know. So, 
Yeah. Definitely. One of the things that I really find awesome about you is this reference to your teaching and your pedagogy and who you've come through. And for me, for example, I mean, Gary has been one of the pillars within my own astrological life, but my whole life before meeting Gary was strictly traditional astrology. And so I always tell people that I'm a thoroughbred, purebred traditional astrologer, and I also practice Uranian astrology because for me, my first introduction to astrology was really through the Kabbalistic Tarot. And one of the backdrops of the Kabbalistic Tarot is Ptolemy's astrology. So even as a kid studying astrology, I was first familiarized with traditional astrology. And then I think the first time I ever heard somebody say that Pluto was the ruler of Scorpio must have been at UAC in 2018, because so much of my life before that had really been steeped in this traditional method. And then from traditional astrology I went on and I studied with Mira Epstein who's also an excellent New York teacher yeah exactly and so I've gone through all the levels of NCGR with her and then after that I went on to study with Lee Lehman and Judith Hale and Christine Skinner and Faith McInerney and all of these people because at the end of the day I started to realize that while traditional astrology is always going to be my stock I care more about the practice of concrete astrology, no matter what it looks like. So I don't necessarily need for something to be traced back to Firmicus Maternus. I need to know that as a practicing astrologer, the things that I'm practicing are going to work in the concrete world. And I found that in Uranian astrology, I found that in Vedic astrology, I studied a little bit of Vedic as well. But I think that this orientation towards just practicing good astrology, no matter where it comes from on the timeline continuum, is a really important thing for us to do. And as I hear you speaking, I hear this commitment to practicing real, you know, hefty astrology from the perspective of actually being able to assist people in a real and intangible way. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's the beauty. That's what I liked about it was, you know, we have our natal potential in our chart, but we also have all these other ways, which, you know, as humans, we're habit based. So we get into routines and we do it this way, this way. But then, you know, the plans come along and say, hey, don't you want to evolve and change? And you go, hey, and, and astrology, <laughs> astrology shows you how to do it. So I love, and I find this with Virgos, we love a good system that works. <laughs> and so that's, I do the same thing. I pick, you know, like I'm not a Vedic astrologer at all. It didn't come in quickly, but I gave me a lot of understanding of the 12th house power, you know, the power of the 12th house. And it gave me a lot of understanding about, you know, the phases of the moon because the nakshatras and how they apply, but it also isn't my natural language. But it, it was like, oh, you know, it's kind of like eating Chinese food or, a different, you know, it's it, all good. Yeah. And I think as you apply it and you learn it, it just makes everything richer. Yeah. So I think that basis. So you were with Faith. She's a New York astrologer, too. Yeah. So, yeah. And she's a really good Iranian astrologer, too. So, yeah. She definitely is. And I think this point that you just made about the Vedic astrology not coming in quickly, I think that that's something that I found as well, because I practice Iyengar yoga, which is a very classical school of Indian yoga. But I also have studied Ayurveda within my past, because I have a whole part of my life that I really dedicated to healing and cultivating myself as a healer. So I studied Ayurveda, and I became an Ayurveda counselor. And I also studied Reiki, and I did that. And so I turned to Vedic astrology because it felt like the most natural progression of what I was already doing insofar as Eastern wellness-based practices were concerned. But I had that same experience that the system is very lovely, it's very beautiful, it's very comprehensive, but it didn't come in quickly. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that I've attributed that to, especially after studying more of the classical sources of astrology, is that we have such a rich and living western esoteric tradition that sounds like us and it resonates with us and it mirrors our realities even if you read a book written 2000 years ago the corpus hermeticum for example that's a really old book it still sounds like it can speak directly to our westernness and one of the things that i found in vedic astrology for myself at least was that i was missing that piece because it's so deeply entrenched within that particular culture that it didn't really reach in and, and grab me by the, the the kidney strings in the same way that I find Western astrology does. So I just want to know for you, from your perspective of having been exposed to Vedic astrology, what do you feel was the thing that didn't really click for you? 
Well, what I look at it is, you know, because astrologies are always based on the culture they're in. So I agree, you know, that whole band of Western astrology coming out of the Mediterranean, you know, the Hellenistic and, you know, that's kind of my group, you know, uh, Irish, Italian, German, Dutch. Um, but the Vedic is based in religion. So it's a religious system and it culture, it explains the caste system in India. You know, like if you reincarnate as an untouchable, it also is not real female friendly um, because in India, you know, you, your husband dies, you're supposed to hop on the pyre and die with him, right? So I, I often t find people that have had a Vedic reading that are female and they'll go, well, you know, da, da, da. and I go, hey, 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 <laughs> remember their religion, their culture, you know, uh, you know, it's uh, the scriptures, they ask male or female, and then they go, you will not have any children. You will only have girl children. You will have many children and they will all be boys. <laughs> so I kind of go, okay, well, you know, in, in the case I just did it this weekend, I was in Cleveland teaching and one of the women was talking to me and I said, yeah, you have a Mogadishu Mars, which is a really big Mars. And you're a year of the horse, which in the Chinese system, horse women are untamable. Um, I'm a Chinese horse. <laughs> and then, so your combo not appreciated in that astrology. So, you know, take, you know, that you'll have problems in relationships with a grain of salt because you're not tameable. And of course, a number of years ago, in I think it was Korea, they were banning sonograms to abort girl babies because they were going to be born in the year of the horse because you don't want girl horses. Well, I mean, you know, the, there's biases. So the cultural bias that the astrology has, and they all have a bias, it's important to understand that bias and say, okay, that bias is this. That said, you know, Vedic astrology, a uh, 5,000 year uninterrupted tradition. So it's valid. It works really well. I love it for healing things. I love it for the pujas. I love it for understanding how to work on a deeper level. But I also take with a little grain of salt when they get nasty about women. Because <laughs> I'm like, hey, that's my body this lifetime. Uh, you know, and you guys don't like me so much because I'm not going to have any children. I'm the year of the horse. I'm, you know, but I remember learning that in Vedic and going, all those years I practiced birth control. You mean I'm not supposed to, I'm not going to have children. And so, you know, it, it's a, it's a helpful thing, but it also is a little, it's a little judgy. And, and that's what astrology is. It's a judgment, but it judges based on the cultural biases. So it's always important, especially now, because we're really renovating our biases or we're being called out on them. You know, it's for, it's really important for us to look and say, oh yeah, I, I do have a bias. Thank you for pointing that out. I have a bias there. And I understand that bias and that helps. So I found it really helpful, but I couldn't just get into it, and, you know, and I'm also not from, you know, my genetic line in this lifetime comes from European, you know, uh, Irish and German and Dutch and Polish and Serbian and, uh, and uh, my father was um, whatever those things are, you know, before, you know, he came in, you know, you know, the, the evolution, like of the apes kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, he had that. And I'm like, oh, I got a little of that. And I know I got it from my dad. I didn't get it from my mother. <laughs> um, so yeah. But yeah, I do. I think you have to look at the bias of the culture and really understand what it says. And, you know, and when you do that, then it helps you look at the astrology with an understanding of we're looking at it at 2022. And, the you know, it was valid back then. But there's also a guy, um, Eric, uh, drawing a blank on his name, but he said, would you want to have brain surgery with the techniques from the, you know, the 12th century? Or do you want to have them now with a laser beam? So we have to update too. And I'm like, yeah, I don't want a brain technique from there. <laughs> I, I, you know, brain surgery, but I, I kind of like my laser beams here. <laughs> so it's good to understand we update and modernize it. So Definitely. I think one of the things that I found problematic, particularly in the traditional astrological community, which is why I have stopped really engaging with the online traditional astrological community, is that there is this deep spirit of revivalism that we find within traditional astrology right now but it often and not just even vedic astrology i think that even in traditional western astrology there are people who tend to get so caught up on the minutiae of 
of what was done in the 12th century or what did Ibn Ezra say or what did Guido Bonatti say? And it's very detracted or, or, or it's very separated from how we live within the 21st century. And I used to be really involved in all of the discussion boards and all of the groups online where people would be going back and forth about these techniques. And at the end of the day, I had to say, you know, do you people even work with clients? Do you even, <laughs> do you even, do you, and do even, you, and do you say that to the clients? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Do you work with clients? Do you say these things to clients? Do you read charts? Because if you actually spend more time reading charts, you would come to realize that a lot of these things, they're, they're elegant on a theoretical level, or they probably make sense from a theory perspective, but not everybody who has serious rising is going to be attacked by dogs and not every Everybody who has this other affliction going on within their chart is going to be a prostitute and not everybody who has these other things going on are going to manifest their lives through that particular lens of a 12th century astrologer because we have shifted so much beyond that. So we need to find out how do these things make sense, not just from a theoretical perspective, but also from the practice of reading charts and working with clients. Yeah, totally. And I, I agree that really that makes a huge difference because you know, when people say to me, I, I to your dog bite, uh, I had a student, she was a, she was a, she became a student of mine, but she came for a reading. So she'd studied astrology and she goes, okay, so I have Bellatrix and I have Sirius and uh, da, 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 and am I going to go blind? And I'm, I look at her and she got a little scar here on her eye. And I said, well, you got a little scar there. Were you bitten by a dog? And she goes, I was, I said, in a hundred years ago, 200 years ago, you would have gone blind. But now we have modern medicine that intervenes, right, and takes that away. So we also have to update our knowledge. We have medical stuff. You have transits. You know, you had an infection, a dog bite infection, you would die. Now you can go get a antibiotics, and you aren't going to die. So we we have to modernize our interpretations too of things and say, hey, this is this is part of the story of you, but it isn't you're gonna be affected by the culture you're in. And obviously if we were living somewhere with didn't have antibiotics, might be a problem, but we have those. So it, it's, it's got a blending piece to it too, that is really about taking the basis of it and then filtering it through what we know now and then filtering it and also working with people because our concepts of who we are have evolved from you're going to be a slave and a peasant and die in the forest. I mean, when I did the Vedic, all these people were going to die in the forest you know, and, you know, get killed in the forest. I'm like, all right, well, there's no forest in Manhattan. It's all, you might call it a forest of concrete buildings, but that energy of we have to modernize it and give it a different, give it an up, I don't say different because it, it can show the, the energies, the illnesses and stuff like that, but we're going to treat them differently. You know, I have cataracts, right? So I'm thinking, oh, I need to have surgery. Well, I remember my grandmother had cataract surgery. She was down for two weeks. But now you go and you get a little laser beam and you're out the door in a week. You know, your batches, you're out the door and you're seeing in a day. So we've modernized and we have to adjust. And of course, as Pluto goes into Aquarius, this next chapter, we're really going to modernize because Aquarian is such a revolutionary sign. And the last time it happened, we said no kings rule of kings is gone. Now we're going to probably take on the corporations. Rule of corporations is gone. What's humanity? But we have to recognize this evolution over time. And, and of course, when you look back at themes and times, you see, oh, that's what happened then. What's happening now that is similar to it conceptually, but a whole different variation, you know? So it's, it's a fascinating art. And I, I love looking at the old stuff, and then going, and how's that now? How's that now? <laughs> so, yeah. But to your point, not everybody's going to get bitten by a dog, right? I mean, I had Mars and Leo, a lot of times they're a little afraid of lions. Because the, the way you were going to get killed was you're going to rip apart a by a lion. Well, people come to my house with Mars and Leo and they're like this with the cat. And I'm like, you afraid of lions? And they're like, yeah. And I, you know, I put the cat in the bedroom because he's going to go jump on them because he's like, oh, you have Mars and Leo. Let me get me excited, right? So we have to understand Mars and Leo is fear of lions, danger from lions, but most of us don't run into lions in our daily life. <laughs> so I think it's, you know, it's, it's, it's the, the applying the intellect of the current time to the history and going back and really understand. And, and back then we usually croaked. 
when I took Bernadette Brady's medieval course, she said, you may find you've already died. <laughs> and in my family, everybody would be dead but me. Because appendicitis, prostate cancer. I mean, it was like, they all would have gone. They all would be dead. <laughs> and, you know, and you kind of go, oh, okay, I'm like the only last one standing. <laughs> you, know? so you have to kind of filter it with your current intelligence and, and look at the historical underpinnings because it wasn't observed i mean the whole beauty of astrology is it was observed that these things were were there you know so now one of the things on this note of observation based astrology that i think is really cool about the work that you do is when i was first introduced to your work it was Anne ortley the transit lady Anne ortley the lady <laughs> you listen to in order to know about your weekly astrological weather so when did that start in your life uh, I have Mercury, I have Juno in Libra, right? So on the world point. So people will say things to me, you know, you should do this. And I go, really? Why should I do that? <laughs> it's in my, it's in my seventh house, but it's at zero Libra. So what happened with the weekly weather was I had a student who said to me, you should, um, you should write a column. And I'm like, okay. And at that point, there was a woman named Stephanie Azaria who write, you know, runs the cosmic path. And she was looking for an astrology writer. And my student said, you should do this. I'm like, all right. So I wrote to Stephanie and I started writing a weekly column for her and a new moon and a full moon column. Ultimately, I did all three. So I did the weekly transits, what was happening in each day, what it was about. And that took you know four or five hours a week. And then I had another person who worked in commerce when podcasts were first starting. And she said, you know, you should do a podcast. And I'm like, what's a podcast? <laughs> and, you know, she pointed me towards podcast land and I did it and that grew. And then it was kind of like, you know, this four or five hours of writing a week, eh, you know, let's go. <laughs> I can talk a lot faster than I can write. I can do it in a half an hour instead of four hours. So I shifted to the podcast and I think that started in 2006. And then, um, and then last two years ago, three years ago, I started doing stuff with Astrology Hub. And then we started doing all the camera stuff. And uh, so then I was looking at, you know, I always say, how do you find me? And it was a lot of people saw you on YouTube, saw you on YouTube. So last year I started a YouTube thing because I'd done YouTube with Amanda Walsh on Astrology Hub. So I tend to get led to things. Twitter, same thing. My assistant said to me, why don't you Twitter? I said, Twitter, what's Twitter? <laughs> you, know, you know, I always say, what's Twitter? And she goes, it's this thing where you send it. I said, what would I do? She goes, the daily aspects. I'm like, what? She goes, well, we'll just tell them what the aspect is and we'll send it out. I'm like, okay, so we're doing Twitter. Well, 77,000 people last check get the daily Twitter. I mean, I don't know if they all read it, but I've had people call and say, hey, Mercury opposite Neptune, they're lying to you. I'm at a car dealer. I showed it to the guy and he gave me 2000 off on the car. I'm like, all right. So it's helpful. And then um, also with Amanda, we started doing pocket full of um, pocket astrology in your pocket and people really liked it, but she didn't want to do it anymore. So now I'm doing it. So you get a daily audio and your Twitter feeds all at once. And I give you a six minute summary, six to eight minutes of what the day is ahead. So every single thing I've done, Michael, has been someone saying, you know, you should... <laughs> and going okay what's first going what's that and then okay that sounds good so that's how it happened it was all people saying you know you should uh with you know talking to that uh venus uh that uh juno in libra which answers to my venus in scorpio next to saturn so venus always goes what do you want me to do and then all right i'll try it and then it grows so that's that's how it's happened and i uh to you know, thank you to everybody that suggests things to me <laughs> because I do listen. I may not do it right away, but I've learned, you know, back like when I argued with them about going for an astrology reading. Now, when someone asks, suggests something, I go, well, what is that? And tell me about it. And why should I do it? You know, so that's that's how it happened. Yeah. It wasn't my idea. It was other people's ideas <laughs> or other people's suggestions. And I think that's important to know where you get the good ideas from. I get mine from the West. I, I'm a Western oriented chart. The moon in Pisces is in my first. So people suggest things to me. And my Mercury in Libra is quincunx, my moon in Pisces. So I go, why would I do that? And then I do it and I'm like, whoa, that's good. But it, it always has that little like, what? And if you know your chart and how you get information, then you go, 
all right, I'm going to trust the process. So that's, that's kind of how I do. And then the moon rules my sixth house of work. So. Why do you feel people are so drawn to that sort of content? And, and the reason I'm asking is because I also do the month ahead. And I think I do it as a month long reading because I find it very difficult to get caught up in the okay and this is what's happening this week and the next week I'll tell you something else and I think you know definitely kudos to you and to everyone who has the stamina to get out and pump out a video every week and keep up with that because they have a very short shelf life essentially and you know they're just there for that week and then they're just sitting around forever and so I prefer the the monthly model but either model of whether it's monthly, whether it's weekly, whether it's daily, whatever. Why do you think people are so interested in knowing what's going on in the sky in any given moment? I think it's because we look for guidance, you know, the as above, so without, as without, so within. And if you, I mean, what I like to also do is include like what's going on in the world. So you can go, oh, and, and for you to pay attention to what's going on in the world. Like, where are you hooking into the news media? Because that's your chart, that's your transits. So you might not be paying attention to the riots in Iran, but you're really focused on the hurricane in Florida. Well, why? Because they're coming in at different parts of your chart. And I also think um, we've gotten very secular here in the states, and so there isn't a um, uh, there isn't a one knowing being saying or one knowing church or one knowing organization saying this is who you are and where you're going. And for many people, learning astrology is it's a language. Once they learn it, they go, oh, it's a little complicated. <laughs> I know. But they, they find value in it because it accurately reflects things. And so there's an accurate reflection. And we have to be a little careful about doom and gloom because everybody experiences it differently, right? You're going to tell me something bad. Well, bad is your parents are getting divorced. You go, oh, my God, thanks God they're getting divorced. <laughs> or bad is your parents are getting divorced. You go, oh, no, that's so sad. You know, we don't, we don't have a judgment there but we give the information. And I think that's helpful because people are getting more and more like, you can't tell me what to do, but if you mention something and it seems interesting and then I observe it in my world, I think that's why we have such an interest in astrology now too, that we can see it happening. And there's enough connection in the world that we're, you know, you're tuned in, you go, oh, I didn't know about that. Let me learn about that. And then you see how it ties into your chart. You know, so the people that were crazy over Johnny Depp and Amber Heard, I was kind of like, oh, it's going, but people were like obsessed. I'm like, <laughs> but, but it's not hooking into my chart, right? So I think that's the why astrology is interesting. And of course you as an astrologer attract clients that tie into your chart. So they follow, they, they follow or they find information from you helpful because your chart connects to theirs in important places. And so I think that's why when we have a lot of different content, people go, well, I hooked into their content, I hooked into their content because our charts connect. And I always love it when I have a student bring charts because I know they've connected into me because they're a student, but they bring me all sorts of really interesting charts that I would never see, you know, read. I would never read them, but I get to see these charts because they're friends of theirs or clients of theirs and they're studying them. So. There's, there's like this little six degrees of connection. Like you, you said at the beginning, you know, we passed each other, but I actually met you in person and hugged you, you know, and I'm like, oh, and you smell really good. I just want to <laughs> say, but I was like, oh, I love his energy, but I always liked you, but it wasn't like we connected, right? So, so I think that, and I'm sure if we look at our synastry, we have some connections in our chart. Um, and again, that's where I think you connect into what you're interested in or what you know, like I was a guy when I worked at Pepsi who used to go out and watch trains go by and take pictures of them in the woods. And I was like, you go, you go and stand in the woods for hours and take trains going by getting different kinds of cars. Yeah, it's great. There's a whole bunch of train car guys. <laughs> I'm like, not my jam, man, you know, but you're into it. God bless. So to your point, when you were in those Twitter, you know, the groups online and they were arguing about stuff, you're like, do you see clients? Because your focus is clients 
their focus is da, 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 and everybody has their their thing that they're drawn to so that's the beauty of astrology because it lets you do the da, da 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 lets you do the clients lets you do the politics lets you do the psychological evolution lets you help you with your kids lets you figure <laughs> out when your divorce is going to be final you know it's all good and it's it's a universal art that reflects the world and it reflects all the complexity of the world and so when people get into it and they go this is really complicated it's like mm -hmm. But isn't it fun isn't it cool how great it works you know because it does work great yeah so. exactly listen question for you yep. because mm -hmm. you, you mentioned this topic of universal art and i've been wondering for a while about your relationship to jane jetson because <laughs> because i have i have seen your your logo on your podcast as well as on your website and everywhere and it looks it looks like a little jane jetson but it's you so <laughs> so so i i wanted to know what about that what was the idea or the thought process behind that behind the logo well i was in a tarot class and one of the women in it was a, an illustrator her name is esther sanchez and she does beautiful work she lives in canada and um, I was saying something, she goes, I think you need a logo. I'm like, I need a logo? What do I need a logo for? She goes, you need a logo. You know, you're coming in and you're, you know, you're doing the weekly weather and you're, you're kind of flying in from your spacecraft and reporting. I'm like, okay. So she drew the logo and I went, oh, okay, that's cute. And that, I mean, again, it came from others, always comes from others, but that was where it came from. But as a kid watching the Jetsons, which of course was a cartoon when I was a kid, Jane Jetson had to put on a little face because the computers, the phones were computers, you know, you could talk on them. And I remember thinking as a kid, why would you want to do that? Why would you want to talk on a computer with your face showing? And, uh, you know, and, you know, Jane would put on that little mask when she wasn't ready for prime time. <laughs> so that was kind of my reaction to, you know, YouTube. <laughs> I mean, I like watching other people, but when they were like, you want to be on YouTube? I'm like, no, I have a fat chin, I'm pudgy uh i gotta worry about what my hair looks like i want to be like jane jetson with that little thing <laughs> and i remember thinking as a kid oh well that's horrible but now of course we have these cell phones and we have zoom and whenever i'm on my cell phone doing facetime i'm always like oh my god you look so you know because you know that's my reaction to it but other people are like i like seeing your face <laughs> and when i do the youtube and i don't show my face because sometimes i'll forget I get complaints like I want to see your face Anne, and I'm like oh, all right <laughs> you know because to me it's whatever but other people find it helpful so yeah all right so that is that's my relationship Jane yeah <laughs> <laughs> so it was Esther Esther's idea that I'm coming into spaceship delivering the news the weekly weather from the sky above I'm reporting on the heavens so she drew it gave it to me I'm like oh that's cute <laughs> and that became the logo and uh and then it was you know again not, i i'm very much a respond to what comes towards me michael <laughs> and go okay i guess i'm supposed to pay attention to this you know so that's how that's how the logo came about but what i've done now because i'm starting to teach is she redid it so there's one of me juggling planets there's one of me sitting on saturn <laughs> one of me with the bright red desk and the two cats on it and juggling i mean so there's all these different logos she's done kind of i've gotten out of the spacecraft now <laughs> <laughs> so in, when i was in isar i put a couple of those up i did the one of me juggling the planets you know because now i have legs instead of just being <laughs> Awesome. Now, in terms of your whole transition to YouTube and doing your own thing on YouTube, and I've, I've tuned into some of your content. And one of the things that I find amazing as a person who also does astrocartography is that you've branched off from what we would quote unquote normally do with astrocartography, and you're now implementing it within your weekly weather forecasts. And so I want to know from you, where did that idea come from for you? Well, I always did that uh, the way back when, when I was studying astrology in John's couch, he had this book of world horoscopes from Nick Campion. And, you know, when you first start astrology, you buy a lot of books and that book was $45. So, <laughs> And he goes, someday you'll own this book. And I looked at that book and I went, Ooh, this is really good because it's got all the history in it of what chart, why, why this chart, you know, the Israel chart has the two charts when Ben Gurion slammed his fist on the desk, say the state of Israel. And then when the British flag came down. And so that was good. And then I ran into the one for the, the, uh, the cities in New York, in the United States. 
uh, Penfield, I think it's Penfield, it's a yellow cover. But it, so I was like, oh, cities have charts, countries have charts, interesting. And then I'd taken a course with, there was a relocation or a locational astrology that NCGR did. And Chris McRae has a thing called geodetic house systems. And she did a, she had a map of map in her den and she would map the, the eclipses across the country. And it was the Falkland Islands, the eclipse went through. And of course, Britain went and had a fight in the Falkland Islands because they owned them, you know, colonialism. And, uh, and I'm like, and the eclipse went right through it. I'd never heard of the Falkland Islands and suddenly there was a war and the eclipse line went right through it. And I'm like, oh, this is really cool. So I had run into astrocartography um, a lot as, as it, you know, kind of growing up with it. And when there would be like a flood in South Dakota or in Sioux City, Iowa, I think it was a flood. You know, you pull the chart and it's got all this Neptune stuff. So the fact that charts, country charts are alive. And part of, you know, for you did the NCGR certification, part of the level three is you have to do a mundane event and write about it and, you know, look at the leader, look at the eclipses, look at the country chart. So I found that fascinating when I did my level three. And so that is kind of naturally always been part of it, you know? So when I was doing, um, when I was doing astrology hub, you know, I would be to Amanda, can I bring these politics in? She's like, no, <laughs> you know, like <laughs> we don't do that here. And I'm like, all right. And then, but I was like, when we finished and we, and I started doing my YouTube, I'm like, I'm going to do the politics because we're having a Pluto return and we need to get our shit together. Excuse my French. To, to go through this. And I think the politics and the world points, and that's part of what the YouTube was for, for me, was I think doing that. And then I can illustrate it, put the maps up, which I did do in my newsletters. But again, obviously on the internet, it gets a different, a different audience and a different spin. So that it was always in there from when John showed me the world horoscope book by Nick Campion <laughs> back in 1990, you know, cause I bought that book going this is like three astrology i'm gonna buy it you know <laughs> it well thumbed but it what but that really was the call and i've always been interested in history and evolution of people and how we get here and where we come from and you know the history of the your chart you know your origin story and your life your chart is your 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 history so it's you know you go back and talk to people when i do a reading with them i go back and talk well what was going on here and they tell me and i go you see how this is related and they go oh yeah because history repeats itself. And if we don't know it, we're in trouble. And so with our Pluto return now at the United States, we really need to get our stuff together. But it also is, um, I've always loved it. Yeah, so, and I have a lot of history books. I have a lot of biographies here, Ben Franklin. And, you know, I have all the um, Doris Kern Goodwin's books, you know, on the history of the different presidents and, you know, leadership and what leadership is. And of course, um, you know, just, very aware of that. And, and as a Virgo, I love going on tours where you learn about the history. You know, it's not like just laying on the beach. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, good. So, yeah, but that's where it comes from. And, and the YouTube allows me to show you the map and have you go, wow, look at that. Look at that line going right through there. And then not even knowing what it's going to be. So the one that went through Iran, like we saw that Mars Uranus, well, that's the riots they're having over Taurus hair that poor woman that got killed by the morality police. So that line went through there, cool, but also, wow, that's where the fight is, you know? So I think it's, uh, I think it's, it's a really helpful tool for really seeing things. I think it really is as well. And I think that mundane astrology in general is such a fascinating subject. And I gave a talk, I gave two talks at ESAR. One of them was on solar returns. And the other one was on the Aries ingress charts and lunations from a mundane perspective. And I think the soul returns talk had over 120 people. And then the mundane astrology talk probably had 20 people in it. And it was fascinating for me to see that difference in terms of the level of interest, because in 2020, I think a lot more people were more fired up about mundane astrology as a topic. And so we saw summits occurring regarding mundane astrology specifically, and we saw so much energy being pumped into mundane astrology and the astrology of world events in general. And now I find that, I mean, just based on my own experience of giving those two talks, people are now back focusing on me. What's going on in my chart? Me, 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 me. And I want to find out from you how important 
is it for astrologers to embrace mundane astrology more fully? Mm -hmm. Well, I think it's, I think, again, it's like, you know, different versions of astrology for different people, right? Um, I find mundane astrology, particularly when a country's going through a hard time, is uh, very helpful because it gives you optimism. And so as I'm looking at the Pluto return for the United States, I go, well, you know, um, Rome had a Pluto return 500 years, fall of the Roman Empire, Britain did, Dutch Holland did, Portugal did, they, Egypt did once they ruled the world and then they, but you can still have a cappuccino in Rome. So we'll be okay, right? But we, we do have to go through this transition where we have to really figure out what our vision is. And you know, when you've had a Pluto transit, the, you know, the damn thing kicks your butt. But when I gave that lecture, it was very helpful because the next day, I think it was that day or the later, this guy came over to me who I didn't see his face. He was backlit. I didn't see his face. I didn't see his name. And he said to me, Ann, we've already had a Pluto return in the United States. I said, we have. And he goes, yeah. And he goes, the 1619 project, which was when the slaves first came, were imported, you know, enslaved in our country. We had it 250 years. And that was the Civil War. Uh, 1865 18, and I'm like oh and bloody horrible awful but we ended slavery right uh, I mean still crazy world in many ways but there was a there was Pluto return and I went oh thank you that helps because I'm looking at this one which is I'm going to be a little, little whatever here the old white guys that own land and own slaves <laughs> or owned people uh, enslaved people whatever terminology those guys are who we're rebelling against now and of course that structure control thing with pluto and capricorn the government that's in beholden to the corporations so now we're looking at that and saying are co multinational com companies more powerful than countries and what's our vision and i'm like corporations should die they should die like we do at 80 years old and have to sell all their assets and pay taxes and re flush the stuff back into the world you know, put it back in rather than owning it. So I think, you know, our vision of how we get there, you know, and what we do, but the, the idea of the Pluto return, which is really profound. And if we've watched Pluto returns, Pluto, as it goes through signs, it radically changes things. When it went through Scorpio, we redefined rape as a act of violence, right? And before that, you know, you did something to deserve it, right? And so, but we reframed it. You know, when they were doing the Cosby trial and the women were testifying, they were like, there wasn't a concept called date rape. What happened, but, I, you know, we didn't have a name for it. I somehow felt I was to blame. So I think as we evolve and as Pluto comes forward and he says, hey, we have to change this. It's got a lot of power. Do you really want it to have all that power? And when it went through Sag and suddenly it wasn't just women, it was boys getting abused by religious authorities. In the Catholic Church and the press, and you know, so as we watch Pluto go through and transform things, it, it gives us a different way of you know thinking about stuff. So I find mundane astrology with those greater outer cycles as so important. And right now we have so many big ones starting. So I think it's really important, like planting good seeds, because when the conjunctions happen, Pluto return to Pluto. The Jupiter, uh, the, the great conjunction of the Saturn Pluto Jupiter, which was the COVID, which we had back in 1900, or, you know, which was the great influenza. But that one was on zero of the cardinal signs. So that was the great world wars. This one's at 22 and a half of the cardinal signs, still a, still a world point, and the world all got COVID, but in different ways, you know. So it, I think understanding those bigger cycles help us have perspective. And I think as astrologers, part of our job, especially if we're working with people, is to make them think, hope. We have a lot of people going, rah, 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 rah. I'm like, hey, big cycle coming to an end. Better figure out what you're planting because you've got this opportunity to put the stuff in the ground and grow it. And I think if we understand that, but I agree, you know, we're all to your point now, everybody's back going, okay, I'm not really worried about world events, I'm back to me because our job now is to have a personal renaissance that we then bring our charts out into the world 
and say, how do I grow my best life? Because I'm incarnated now. Again, that's where the Vedic comes in and the stuff with Eileen McCabe, the reincarnation. I'm, we're all incarnated now to do the work of this century and this culture and to make people as conscious and aware as possible, or at least to ask the questions so that they sit back and they go, huh, I never thought of that before and go, yeah. And also to be trained and to be learned how to think, you know, so, or to say words in a different way. So when I say slaves and somebody wrote to me and say, Ian, it's not slaves, it's enslaved people. I'm like, okay, I hear you. And, you know, when they go crazy about the woke thing, I'm like, isn't it better to be awake than to be asleep, you know, but I, but I, again, it's my, you know, I think our understanding of how we get somewhere has to come from our willingness to be experiential in the world and go, wow, what am I learning now from the planets? And my teacher, Ken Kimball would always say to me, you know, because a lot of times people look at astrology charts and worry, oh my God, this is coming. And he would say, I always look to see what lesson it's trying to teach me rather than worry about, you know, because we know life on earth is hard. We know we all die. We know we lose, love, we lose people that we love. We know that there's times when we're better or worse. And the beauty of astrology is it tells you when it's going to end and when it's going to get better. And it also says, and this is why you're here. So go do your life, go do your work. Don't worry about all that stuff. Go focus on your living your best life. What does that look like for you? So I think that's why they're coming back to you, Michael, with the solar return and the, I want to understand my vision and who I am because it's on us now that we've gone through this pandemic and through the transformation. Now it's on all of us to plan our best lives because our lives were very disrupted and that Saturn-Pluto conjunction historically has been either a pandemic or a war. And so we know like, wow, okay, what are we, what are we doing here? And, and of course we've had wars all over the world for years, but the big ones, you know, the big things that really got, draw our attention. But after, the, after it, there is a Renaissance. So I think what you had was all those people wanting the Renaissance. <laughs> and you should have said, how your solar return? predicts your renaissance you know and you're like you would have had 400 people right <laughs> so it's good but so, i think the evolution over time is really you know is really what we're looking at as astrologers yeah so and as you think about your next phase of astrological practice what is really standing out on the horizon for you in terms of your own personal renaissance and evolution? What do you see yourself either practicing more of or doing more of within the astrological world at large? Well, I love the client work. That's my favorite thing. So there was a turning point of a while back and I was like, I really just love the client work. But I'm also having the Saturn return to when I learned astrology, right? Saturn's coming to my moon next year. And in the Vedic astrology, that's Sati Sati. So it's a time of concentrated dedication and it rules my sixth house. It rules my cancer planets. So I think more teaching, you know, like uh, making, making the astrology I learned accessible. One of my students, um, he said to me a while back, he goes, you know, not many people teach predictive astrology like you do it. And I'm like, oh, okay. And he's like, you should teach it. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> and then I'm like, you find me another 10 hours a day. Um, so I'm thinking there, you know, there's a little more of a shift to that, you know, um, you know, and people going, uh, you know, you do these derived houses, where do they come from? People go these world points, can you explain it? And, you know, well, hey, there's a thing on my website, go learn it. So I think that's part of it, uh, the kind of standoff stuff that I use and I explain, but, you know, like if everybody knew it, then they could all use it. So there's gonna be that kind of stuff. Um, and I, you know, and I love reading clients. That's my favorite. So, and I, it's been interesting watching people on Facebook going, I'm pulling away from doing this. I'm going to focus on this. So I've seen a lot of astrologers saying that now my midheaven Sag. Um, so it's, and it answers to Jupiter and cancer join my Uranus, uh, in cancer Uranus rules my ascendant. So I know it's got that mix. And so I think what it'll be is the YouTube having education stuff on it to your point. Um, the one and done for the weekly weather after the week's over, you know, it's done, but the stuff that, you know, people can go, Oh, let me learn about that. Let me learn about this. I think that, you know, the vehicle of the internet is huge for us to be able to reach people. And again, if people are, 
oh, let me learn about this, let me learn about that. And I'm a firm believer in, you know, the more people are educated, the better. You know, I'm like, study with lots of teachers, learn a lot of stuff, figure out what works for you and go forward. So I think, you know, that's probably what it is. It's making, and I, you know, I have a woman writing me and going, and actually this morning before I had you, I was Googling, is there a teachable for dummies? Cause it's just, <laughs> you know, like, I gotta learn how new software. Uh, but, you know, I've got this content and I've been teaching since to, I think like 2000, I started kind of doing informal teaching in maybe 98. Um, and then, you know, formally I was teaching at a Y here in New York and we did, we did classes that we taught and stuff. So I have a lot of content. And so it's kind of repurposing it to put it up on a platform that people can go and just, okay, I want to learn about derived houses, or I want to learn about, you know, how do I work with my lunar phases and making it like one-offs, teaching it to the NCGR curriculum, meaning, um, you know, taking that curriculum, which is also used by ESAR and AFA, this kind of universal curriculums and making sure that the stuff's out there. I don't want to grade people. I don't want, I don't want a homework assignment. I don't have time for homework. Assignment. <laughs> learn it, learn it as you love it, you know, and then go from there. So that's kind of, but I do have a belief that, you know, that the content that's out there, you know, there's so much for people to learn from and, uh, you know, giving, you know, giving good astrology, you know, I mean, that I think is really the most important thing, like having astrology and, and also, stuff like my teacher said to me, you know, you're practicing brain surgery on your friends, be careful. And, you know, the power of astrology, you know, cause there is something when we're talking to someone, it goes in, you know, and I had a woman the other day, she's a, one of my favorite clients and she called and she met this guy and we were talking and in the course of the conversation, she goes, you know, Ken Kimball, he told me in my thirties that I wasn't going to meet the love of my life until I was 65. And I was so mad at him and she just met the love of her life. Right. So, but not that she didn't have other relationships. I was so mad at him. I didn't want to talk to him again. And I'm like, really Ken told you that. So I hung up and I went looking like, what did Ken see in her chart that he wasn't going to meet the love of her life? To, and I'm like, Oh, that's what he saw. Right. You know, cause I've worked with her like, okay, well this one's nice and this is what they do and blah, 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 blah. But now the big kahuna has arrived, right? So I think it's important that we, we learn that, you know, like I just did it with her. I went, all right, let me see what he saw, you know, you know 30 years ago <laughs> and it got her mad, but he was right. You know, so it's, it's interesting. I think that kind of ability to have that kind of knowledge and exchange and learn it, like, let me go in and understand so that I can give out. But then also recognizing when he said that to her, his Aquarius with the Virgo moon, she was really mad. So I think there's also appreciating the sensitivity of clients. And so in that capacity, I'm, in, I'm involved with OPA, which is about you know practicing professionally so you don't hurt people because that's important. Not to say I haven't, I'm sure every astrologer has because you see something and you say it and then, you, and then it comes back to you. And sometimes you don't even think about it. Like I had said something to one of my, uh, one of my students about the father would live with the daughter. So the mother said, so that means I'm dying first. Now, I didn't, I didn't say that, but that's what that was. She heard. And indeed the mother did die first. So it's, it's an interesting, it's an interesting art because we have to be very, very conscious of the power of the art and craft that we practice, but it also is you know, the chart describes the, the path of the life. And so that, that I think we have to have an enormous respect for. And I know I've blurted. And I remember one time I was talking to someone who had that Saturn and Libra, Neptune and Libra conjunction in their chart. And I'm, you know, I had a lesson with John about the chart and I was working on it and I was just full <laughs> of my Saturn. And he was kind of sitting there getting smaller and smaller and smaller. And his partner was there who was my friend. And the partner came over and sat on the couch next to Tony. Tom kind of held Tony's hand and Tony kept getting like this. Because I'm talking about his Saturn. And I'm like, <laughs> and I'm watching them and, and I can see Tom, he's a Scorpio. He's just looking at me like this, like, you need to stop now. And then I'm like, do you want to hear what John said about your chart? Which of course is a lesson. I'm going to play the recording. And Tom was like, I think we're done here, Ann. 
And I went, oh, okay. And, uh, but I, you know, you go tromping in somebody's stuff, you know, it, it's, and that's what the chart lets you do. So you have to be careful how you tromp. And I'm not always careful. <laughs> I mean, I try to be, I really try to be. But when someone says something to me, like I go, oh yeah, that would have got it. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. It's interesting because it's, you know, and again, we all make mistakes, but we also really have to respect how powerful, you know, and you go rolling around in someone's Saturn, you know, and, and, and I clearly partner was aware of what was going on. I was like a little misinformation. <laughs> I do, I do better now, Michael. <laughs> I go, do you really want to talk about your Saturn? <laughs> <laughs> you brought it up. You know, you know, so. Good, good, good. Yeah, so. And last yeah. question I want to ask mm -hmm. you is in terms of all of the experience that you have in astrology, how do you feel about sitting down and writing a book? <laughs> I actually have three in process, right? And I read my, I have a book editor at Penguin who comes for readings and goes, so how's that book going? <laughs> and I'm like, working on it, working on it, you know? And so um, she just came last week <laughs> and I was like, so how's it going, Ann? Like, again, 10 more hours in a day, but um, yeah, it's on the, it's in the process. So one of the things I want to write, you know, the book is, if it's in your heart, it's in your chart. So that's kind of a general, you know, encouraging you to follow your chart's path, your heart's path. Because if you have this little dream and other people say, you know, you can't make any money, but go do that dream because that is in your chart. It, it encourages the dream, right? So that'd be kind of working with people's Saturns in a happy way. And uh, then the other one is the pinball, which is this thing I do based on Vedic and Uranian and pr computer programming and solar arcs. <laughs> and so it's kind of a combination of those um, four different things into like the energy flow of the chart, which is also my programming. You know, you come in at zero and you go through the aspects, you go through the planets in order, kind of like a giant pinball game. And I teach that a lot and I need to write it. Um, and then there's another one that's kind of murky in there and it's more of a, um, uh, like a television series, you know, like using astrology for finding the perfect partner and how you do it. And so I kind of have that you know, it's, it's got these vignettes that I've been writing down, but they're not coalesced yet. So it's, it's, there's three and there's three working, but I haven't done it yet. <laughs> did, did Gail Gonzalez call you and say, because <laughs> she's like, how's the book? And it was funny when she first enlisted me, then she would send people for readings. You know, this will be your editor this will be your marketing person. You know, they would all come and they go, oh, you know, I'll market it when you're done. I'm like, oh, okay, you're really nice, nice. You know, and so I, yeah, so they're in there, but it, it, it is, you know, I love, I mean, and I have 14 bookcases in my uh, one bedroom apartment here, Michael, so I have a lot of books. Uh, and so I love, and I invested in Gemini in my fourth house. So I have a lot of books and I did as a kid growing up. So I love books, but it is really, um, to your point, it's, like it's all you know it's a lot of work <laughs> and i'm yes yeah, so i do know that i'm supposed to so yeah so thank you for bringing it up <laughs> you're, you're... I'll, I'll send you a copy and i'll say you know it was the interview with you that got me off, <laughs> off my butt to do it you know so all good please do and, and you know I, I was talking to gary the other day and his whole thing is that back in the day astrology used to be a field where you either published or you died and today, you know, I've heard you speak so much about the internet and about how the internet has really revolutionized what we do and how we share information that it would seem as if the, the actual necessity of a tangible book isn't as great for an astrologer because the internet allows us to have the same sort of wide platform that a book might have allowed us to have in the past. But I definitely still feel as if there is an audience of people who are really hungry to not just hear the astrologers that they love, but also read the astrologers that they love. So I definitely think that you should be coming out with that book. Okay, thank you. Oh, <laughs> and I, I agree with you that, that there's, a, there's a very strong, and also I find a lot of astrologers have a lot of books. It's, it's a very booky thing, you know, and I'd be willing to bet you have a number of bookcases in your house. Definitely. Starting with the Kabbalistic, all the Vedic stuff, you know, your, your traditional astrology, the new exactly. stuff, the, the mundane, you know, it, and it, it, they kind of come to us, you know, on a, 
we find them, you know? So I think that's, that, that energy is important. I, I am a real lover of books. So it's just there, you know, writing is a lot more work, but the nice part about the, um, what you who's either some of the software now it translates it for you so i'm like well if i say it and then i take it off and copy it and paste it that could work <laughs> you know? well, I, I can talk a lot faster than i can write <laughs> you know so well i mean you know so so my background is i'm a journalist I'm, i used to be a broadcast journalist way back in the day mm-hmm. and I tried that because I've I've taught astrology for a number of years. And so I've always said, okay, I'll just have somebody transcribe this lecture that I gave. But I've what I found to my great dismay and horror is that speaking something is a lot different from reading that thing, which is something I always knew from journalism school, but I thought that somehow astrology would be different. And none of the lectures that I actually had people transcribe for me. All of the content was there, but it made more sense in the live class environment. And I realized that okay. sitting down and writing a book was a completely different level of discipline that I needed to cultivate because my spoken book or my spoken lecture would not translate to a book as easily as I thought. So, I, I, so I don't mean I don't mean to stress. No, no, you. Well, well, it's good. You're telling me don't go down that path, and that's good. <laughs> I take advice to not go down paths too. <laughs> and you're telling me as a journalism major, I'm like, okay, so this guy knows how to write. And he's saying, no, no, no. It, it is different. It is. I mean, I've had people transcribe my readings. There's a lot of yeah, ums, and you know, it's like this. And you know, cause you're getting other things from the reading that isn't all proper English either, <laughs> more slangy. Yeah, so that makes sense, yeah. Definitely. But speaking about your readings, how can people reach out to you to get a reading from you? I have an online booking system. So you can just sign, you know, go to my website, anortley.com. And if you don't know how to spell the last name, astroann.com, and with an E. And it has a link there and you can put in, it shows the calendar, shows the times available, and uh, you can pick a, pick a time and fill it in and go you fill in your birth data if you're new uh if you're returning i keep that on file so you just book a time so yeah i i went online again somebody suggested it to me um and that makes a world of difference be be you know because you do emails back and forth setting up things and then schedules change and so so that's how you get a reading Good stuff. And so I'm going to put all of your contact information down in the description box down below so that all of our listeners can reach out to you for their readings and so that they can experience your pinball approach themselves, because I I, I definitely love hearing you talk about it. And I also love just your depth of astrology and your relationship to the astrology that you practice so everyone who's listening definitely get a reading with Anne Ordley because this experience has been a really great one for me. Yeah, me too. It was lovely to do this. Thank you so much. And uh, Remo was, Remo's sleeping over there. So I'm like, <laughs> once he knew we were going to be talking, he's like, okay. You know. But yeah, it was lovely, lovely meeting you in person and lovely doing this interview. And thank you so much for your work in the world because it's really good. Really definitely, good. Definitely, definitely, definitely. Really, yeah. really good. <laughs> you know, just saying, study, study with this man. He knows what he's doing. And of course, you know, it, 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 we're creating baby astrologers. You know, it's kind of like that picture Neil Tyson had of the baby, the star giving birth to baby stars. You're a good, you're a good astrology. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, thank you, making thank your you. baby astrologers come out and grow up and be good astrologers. So, exactly. Yeah, so. Exactly. And listen, thank you so much for being here. And to all of our listeners and viewers, if this is your first time or your thousandth time joining us here on the Oracle's podcast, thank you so much for being here as well. If you've loved this episode today, then by all means, please subscribe to the Oracle's podcast, no matter where you find us on the internet, as well as share this interview with your other astrologically and magically minded friends, because more and more people need to know about astrologers like Anne Ortley. Until next time, I'm Michael Bryan, leaving you in peace and love and hope until we meet again. Have a good one. Bye-bye. Bye, everybody. All right. Anne Ortley. Good.